Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass, and this is the behavior edition of the show. I alternate this time slot with Dr. Dennis, who has been on for the last couple of weeks. And um, I'm going to be on this week, and I'm going to be on next week. And next week, I have a guest uh, who I've had on before, and it's Liz Bennett. And Liz Bennett is a fun and interesting guest because she used to do a lot of work with animal rescue for dogs and cats and maybe birds and some other things. And she still does that, but not as much as she now does wildlife rehabilitation. And um, last time she was on, she's had a lot of very interesting things to say, um, a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, and But she has a very good perspective on both domestic and wildlife. Um, so and how they might interact and, you know, things that people should know. So anyway, she's going to be on as a guest next week. So if you want to tune into that, uh, it's going to be a live show. You can call in. I'm here in the studio live today. So you can call in. And if you wanted to call in, um, the numbers are 860 WTIC. So that's 860-522-WTIC. And uh, when people call in, I'm always happy to hear from you. And uh, I'd say that I do what I do mostly because I enjoy helping people and I enjoy seeing things that work. And so I like to get feedback from people, both positive and negative, if I've suggested that you do something and it's not working, that's useful information for me because uh, if enough people say, well, you know what, you said do this or that, and it really didn't work, I, I would like to know that. Now, sometimes when people tell me that I told them something and it doesn't work, uh, they're not actually doing what I said. They're doing some version of what I said, which we can straighten that out too. So, you know, sometimes I will ask questions, not to be contrary, but just to get a good idea of what's going on. Uh, It's really important for me to ask questions because if somebody gives me information, I want to really understand what's going on. So if I'm trying to help somebody, it's really important for me to ask questions because if I just 
take what people are telling me on face value, there may be some very important details uh, that I'm missing. So, for example, most recently I spoke with somebody on the phone, not on the air, but uh, this was someone who was a student of mine years ago. With a, She had a golden retriever. She's had golden retrievers. And her most recent golden retriever, she said, had separation anxiety. And um, when, what I found out is the dog does not have any issues when she leaves during the day. So if the dog is at home during the day, dog is fine. So when it's alone... During the day, there are there's no separation anxiety. It's at night. Uh, they her the woman that called in her husband go upstairs to go to sleep, and the dog sleeps downstairs. And that's partially an allergy issue. I understand. Although you know, if you want your dog to sleep downstairs, most dogs are okay with that. Uh, but that's when the dog gets really anxious. So. There is anxiety, but it's not separation anxiety. It's something else again. So you know that kind of puts a little bit of a different spin on it and maybe we need to come up with different solutions to the to the problem but very often people will present me with a problem and give me information that is not helpful for me to figure it out or only partial information or very often people will label things in ways that you know, I really don't know what they're saying. So, for instance, uh, somebody recently described a dog as being very reactive. Um, okay, well, that could mean anything from uh, it likes to bark at noises to it very well might bite somebody if you look at them sideways. So that's pretty big difference here. So if, if somebody is giving me a generalization, I really need to narrow it down. So anyway, uh, if you want to call on the show with a question or some feedback, again, it's Eight six zero five two two WTIC, and if you want to contact me off the air, that's fine too. And the best ways to get all of my contact information, which would be my email or my phone number, would be to check my website, which is Lori Fass. Dogtraining.com. Um, I'm also starting some group classes in September. I kind of shut that all down during the summer because, it, and, and I'm kind of glad I did because when we had some of that super hot weather, it was it was terrible. I mean, I was working with people privately, and it was it was tough. But if I'm teaching a group, um, it's just brutal. And so I kind of knew that it probably wasn't going to be the best thing in the world to be teaching in the in the summer. I don't. Have have a big climate-controlled indoor area to work with. So we kind of need to be outside, uh, at least for some of it. And um, so I kind of, okay, no no group classes this summer. But in the beginning of September, I'm teaching in West Hartford. I'm also teaching in Windsor. Those are town-sponsored programs, but... Um, I'm teaching them. So you're actually signing up with the town. And particularly the West Hartford group, um, that usually closes out. So for some reason or another, I shouldn't say this because I do this, people sign up at the last minute. I'm, I'm a fine one to talk. I do everything at the last minute. But don't do that because if you sign up at the last minute, it usually closes out. There's plenty of openings now, but if you waited until uh, the week of it not going to necessarily go well. The class is cut at 12. So if you had any interest in doing that group, um, signing up early is better than waiting till the last minute. And I'd apply the same information to the town of Windsor, um, but generally West Hartford fills up quicker. West Hartford's a Saturday morning group and Windsor is a Sunday morning group. But that's all on my website, so you can go ahead and look at that. 
Anyway, um, I wanted to, I was just thinking about uh, wildlife rehabilitation, and it has crossed my mind that that might be a fun thing to do. Uh, Years ago, when I lived in Syracuse, I did volunteer work at a zoo, and one of my jobs was to feed orphan raccoons. And there was uh, this huge cage filled with these little babies. And when they were hungry, they'd climb up the side of the cage. It, It was like a zoo cage. It wasn't even a cage. It was, you know, something that you could you know, have, I I don't even know what the dimensions were, but we'll say 12 by 12, something like that. Anyway, so they'd be sticking their hands out of the, uh, the little paws out of the, uh, out of the bars from the cage when they were hungry. And then you'd take that one and you'd feed it a bottle. And then when it was full, you'd put it back in and it would be much calmer. (laughs) And so it was like a big job because there were apparently quite a lot of these little uh, babies that were orphaned. And um, doing wildlife rehabilitation is quite exhausting work. I follow on Facebook some uh, various different wildlife rehabilitation places, and they've got birds and baby skunks and bobcats and injured big birds. And the amount of work and energy involved in doing this is just enormous. And um, I'm not even sure where I live would support doing something like that, because I think you probably need to have a certain amount of land around you to do that. And I know you need to get licensed, and there's a lot more involved. So, you know, I'm sticking with my just helping domestic animals. But uh, my, my wildlife rehabilitation projects have consisted of this. I'm going to share with you this one story, because I think it's kind of funny. Um People see mice and they get, oh, my God, a mouse, and they're getting all scared, which is funny to me because I think mice are very cute. And there was a baby mouse I found in my upstairs bathroom, which is a baby mouse in my house is not safe. I have dogs. I have cats. Not good. So I happened to have an aquarium that I had had for another little pocket pet, and I scooped up the little baby, and I put it into into the tank, and in the tank I had a little – toilet paper roll, and um, I had all sorts of bedding and all sorts of interesting food and two uh, caps of like jars, jar lids for uh, food and water. And when I thought the little baby was good enough and it was during a hot summer that I had done this, I took the little tube and put the little baby mouse in the garden thinking it's a wild creature. It, It wants to live free. Well, two days later, I go into the garage, and there's this little baby mouse, and uh, it's staring at me and looking at one of the empty lid covers, similarly to how a dog might look at you when their water bowl is empty. So I said, okay, and I reached in, and the mouse let me reach in, didn't flinch, took the little jar lid, filled it with water, put it back in the tank, and the little mouse went over and started drinking water. So I was like, okay. And so um, I let the little mouse stay there. I put a uh, like a wire top on it because it, just in case any of my other animals got in there, I didn't want it to get hurt. And I thought, well, 
I guess you want to stay with me. And it did stay with me for a couple more weeks until it got very strong. And then it squeezed its way out and went off to live free. But I just thought that was so funny that this little mouse came back and actually was telling me, hey, I want some water and was actually signaling me to do this. You wouldn't think that a little mouse would communicate with you similarly to a dog. I was surprised. But anyway, um, do I have time to speak with Diana? Okay. Now, okay, Diana, I know you're on hold, and uh, we're going to go to a quick break, and when we get back, I'm going to take your call. We'll be right back. Down the street, the dogs are barking, and the day is getting dark. As the night comes in falling, the dogs lose their bark. And the silent night will shatter from the sounds inside my mind. Isn't one too many mornings in a thousand miles behind? Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. This week's edition is the Behavior Edition. My name is Lori Fass, and if you want to call into the show, I'd love to hear from you. It's 860-522-WTIC, and Diana has been waiting very patiently, so we're going to get to her. Hello? Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Good. Okay. Uh, actually, my name is Anne. Oh, your name is Anne. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't think you got it. Well, I guess not. Okay, Anne, sorry about that. No, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, what can I help you with today? Well, my cousin has a small dog. Oh. She bought it. It's a Papillon. Okay. Uh, it's about maybe six months old or uh-huh. so. Okay. And uh, he, he goes crazy chasing shadows. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I was over the other day. There was some water in the sink and it was reflecting from the sun on the ceiling and he goes crazy at night they have to close up the house because he's he goes uh, crazy looking for the shadows and then he gets so frustrated he just keeps spinning around spinning around until i could get dizzy watching him he gets exhausted yeah. And a lot of anxiety. And, uh, I mean, he's just so adorable. I love him. Uh, and I can't understand how he goes into these, into these moods and he gets so frustrated. He might nip somebody if he got that bad, I think. Okay. Well, you know, it's not unheard of that dogs chase shadows or chase their tail. Um, And there's a little bit of OCD going on with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not something that I've never heard of before. So I guess, you know, there's a number of different questions and some of these you can't answer because it's not your dog. But one question that I would have is when he's doing this. Is the dog a he? I'm calling it a he. It is a he. Okay. So when he's doing this, um, what do they do to try and stop him? Well, they've tried to distract him. They've tried to tell him, shush. Uh, they've tried to uh, distract try to him. put a leash on him, but he, he twirls around so much he gets all tangled up. They're afraid he's going to get hurt on the leash. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, it's it's hard to verbally explain something that you have to actually do. Um, and uh, explaining it to you and then having you explain it to them is, makes it even more challenging. So, you know, if they wanted to contact me off the air, I could maybe 
give them a little bit of a better insight into this. But years ago, I took in a dog whose name coincidentally was Taz, like the Tasmanian devil. And he was spinning around uh, and went through several different homes because he'd whack everybody and anything in his base. And you could tell he was turning counterclockwise because he opened up a big wound over his right eye. Mm. And, um, you know, kind of in condensed version, um, I basically made him stop, you know, but part of the way that I made him stop is we established some basic rules of, you know, good behavior and not pulling on the leash and being, if I say sit, you have to sit. And that would be accomplished in the beginning by actually physically positioning. And if he, if this little dog has a leash on him and he's doing this behavior, they have to pick the leash up in order to make him stop. So in mm-hmm. other words, he shouldn't be, you know, running around the house like a weed whacker with the leash. Right. Okay. So the leash becomes, you know, if he's just spinning around and he's got the leash on, well, it's not really serving any purpose anyway. But, you know, he's a papillon. He can't be too big, although I've seen them vary in size. How much does he weigh, do you think? No, he's, he's, he's small. Okay. He's small. Like six I, pounds? I don't, I don't know. Probably. Okay. All right. So if he weighs six pounds and, and he's trailing a leash and he starts doing that, they just grab him. He can't do it anymore. Yeah, she tries to catch him when he's doing it. He's smart. But does he have the leash on already? No, he doesn't have the leash Well, on. he should have the leash on already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. See, a lot of times people try to put a leash on when a dog is doing something they don't want them to do. Okay. And then it's too late. So on my website, um, uh-huh. under training tips, uh, I have listed as the most important training tip, and it's having a drag line, which is basically a leash, but it's already on. So, for instance, a lot of people will tell me, uh, when I put the leash on, my dog listens, and when I take the leash off, my dog doesn't listen. And then they're kind of training their dog to be sneaky and listen with the leash on and not with the leash off. So, you know, you, you have to establish good habits for long enough that you can start to wean away this the leash, okay? Mm-hmm. So, And then the other question I have is, do you think that this little guy gets enough exercise? Oh, my God. He runs around. Uh, I have uh, my kitchen when he's here. Okay. He goes in the kitchen, in my dining room, living room, um, back around. It's like 100 miles an hour. Okay. <clears throat> he will come upstairs. I have carpeting stairs here at my house, and she he won't go downstairs. He, he stays, he loves to run upstairs, but you got to go get him and carry him down. He's, well, I mean, you could teach him how to go down the stairs if you want. Yeah. Is to. that with a leash too? Yeah. Well, if I was going to teach a dog to go down the stairs, I'd hold the leash very short mm-hmm. so that, you know, uh, if he starts to fall or he gets worried, he can't because I'm holding him and just basically walk him down the stairs like you know imagine like he was a puppet or something mm-hmm. you know here's your front feet okay now here goes your back feet now here's your front feet now here goes your back feet and give him a little pull as you're doing it so you're kind of making him do it do you know what i mean right i i understand how i understand that now i hope she does that okay, i know that then, she have a, she did have somebody come in he he will sit like if he's going crazy there with shadows and everything mm-hmm. he'll sit uh, if you say sit. well if you say um Want a treat? Okay. <laughs> uh, and so he's right, smart. So, uh, treats. He'll, he'll he'll sit and he will he will take his treat off your hand and he's very very careful not to bite you. But then he wants more and more and if you don't give him something <laughs> he wants, he is going to 
spin around and he's going to bark. And okay, bark. well, he, he, he's an example of a dog that I don't think I'd want to use a treat because he thinks it's all about the treat. And it's not all about the treat. It's all about, I told you to sit and now you have to. So if I have you on the leash and I say sit and I kind of pull up and back, like at a 45 degree angle and tuck his rear. Okay, sit, you have to. Mm-hmm. Not, so we don't treat. have to do anything now. When we, we will, or if, and she does feed him once in a while, like a little piece of cheese or something from the table, uh, which I know is not good. My well, husband used to do that to our little Bichon, and then he, she always teased. Okay, so, well, some of the details. See, here's where we're getting into a situation where some of these details are very important, and I don't think it's fair for me to nitpick your brain but you did kind of say to me that he sits because he thinks he's going to get a treat and then he gets annoying about wanting more treats is that true or not well yes he okay, does so that but sometimes he just goes into this okay so you can't so you're kind May of miss- I have your your phone number Lori, because sometimes i don't get it right okay when- well you know you do you use the internet or do you does your cousin use the internet she does okay so it's best to just check my website which and is how do you spell your last name? F like Frank, mm-hmm. A, and two S's like Sam. F-A-S-S? Yeah, so it's Lori Fast Dog Training. Lori? L-O-R-I? Nope, L-A-U-R-I-E. Oh, L-A-U-R-I-E, F-A-S-S. Yeah. And that was what, dot com? Lori Fast Dog Training, all one word. Oh, dog training, one yeah. word. Yeah. Although if you looked up Lori Fast, you'd probably find my. You'd probably find it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not in the witness protection program or anything, so pretty easy to find. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm going to um, have her uh, either call you or look up your number. Yeah, she can send me an email. You know, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, email. Wh- what town does she live in? Uh, she lives in East Hartford. I oh, live okay. in Glastonbury. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I would say that, you know, you could probably stop it. But, you know, the dog, sometimes Papillon are very intense in so far as not just this crazy activity, but in willfulness. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm doing that's, this. That's and, right. and, and so that's if, right. you, if and you try to present information like they have a choice, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So, you know, I think that some of that is going on. But again, you know, the, you know the telephone game where you tell somebody and then they tell somebody and then they tell somebody? Right. Okay, we don't want to do that. No. <laughs> okay. No, no right. I know. This I is mean, the radio mean, telephone game we're playing right now. Yeah, uh, the... The little guy is so lovable, and you know he's probably adorable. Yeah, he is. And any place we've gone with him, she was carrying him in like a baby thing. Yeah. Uh, well, have her give me a call. I've got to go to a break. Okay, um, dear. But, Thank you, uh, you so know, very much. Yeah, just have her call me because I really need to have some of these detailed questions answered before I can give a good answer. Because, right, you know, right. And I you, understand. Yeah. Okay. Okay, dear. I'll have her do that. Thank Alrighty. you so much. Have Thanks a nice day. Thanks for calling. Day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Okay. I think we need to go to a break, and we will be right back. Once I had a little dog, I called him Cracker Jack. He had a spot around one eye that looked just like a patch. His legs were way too long and he was awkward as could be. He wasn't much to look at, but he looked all right to me. I found him by the riverbank just wondering about. Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to the Behavior Edition today with Lori Fass, and I'm more than happy to listen to whatever feedback, information, or questions you'd like to share on the show today. The lines are open, and if you'd like to call in, it's 860-522-WTIC. So that's 860-522-WTIC. And as I was sharing earlier, uh, you can certainly contact me off the air, and a lot of people have taken me up on that. If I can answer something on the phone or in an email, I'm more than happy to do it. Uh, Sometimes the solution is fairly straightforward. Sometimes it's not. So if it is straightforward and I can answer it, I'm happy to do it. Uh, If it's not, I'll tell you, well, you know what, you're going to need more help than that. But if you wanted to contact me off the air, the best way to do it is to check my website, which is laurifassdogtraining.com. And I was speaking just before the break with someone who's calling in uh, asking a question about her cousin's dog. And I was trying to explain that it's difficult to get information to somebody else through somebody else. Sometimes it's difficult to get information directly to people. Sometimes people have a hard time understanding exactly what they need to do. And sometimes just even a little bit of a change in what you're doing is going to make the difference of whether something will work or not. So this is an example I've used before, but a good example. So I'm going to, if you've heard it before, I apologize. It's a good example. (laughs) I thought I was just so smart because I knew that the J-shaped pipe on the back of my uh, washing machine, uh, one of the parts of it twisted clockwise, one twisted counterclockwise. And so I went to Home Depot. I bought a replacement because the the thing had been cracked and I had a pipe wrench and I thought I was, you know, the new home improvement genius of the century. And so I took the pipe wrench and I um, put put it on shape sort of like, um, I don't know, like 
grabbing it and pulling it towards me, and I undid one of them very nicely. Then I put the pipe wrench the same way on the other part of the pipe, and I tried to go the opposite way by pushing the pipe wrench. And I had to go to Home Depot and explain that I thought there was something defective with my pipe wrench. And they tried to explain it to me, saying pipe wrenches work by pulling, but that went completely over my head. Um, and it took me like two hours to figure out, uh, you know, you, you, what you need to do is flip the pipe wrench around. It doesn't work by pulling. By pushing, rather, it only works by pulling. So just that one little change, you know, made the difference of whether it's going to work or not work. But I get things that I would consider to be similar to that, where people will say, well, I'm doing what you said, and it doesn't work. That would be like me saying, well, you know, pipe wrenches don't work. They only work on one part of the pipe, and they don't work on the other part of the pipe, because I didn't turn it around. But, you know, and it took me a while to figure that out. So it's it's easy to take information and not apply it in the way that it should work or it will work. So for instance, I'm going to give you a for instance. Um, a lot of people say to me, uh, I've used I use bitter apple and it doesn't work. All right. Well, first I want to know what kind of bitter apple because there's a lot of different types of products, including a product that actually says bitter apple, but it's not made by Granix, which is the company that I generally recommend, Granix bitter apple. So, you know, some of these products taste worse than others, so we want to kind of narrow that down. So that's thing number one. Then I want to know, well, how did you use this? Because, you know, how you used it is going to be key to whether it's working or not. And generally speaking, when people tell me that they're using it and it's not working, what they're doing is they're just spraying it on, you know, their chair legs, you know, their wooden chair legs or their furniture and spritzing it around. And that's not going to work because it doesn't taste that bad. Uh, It tastes bad when it's wet and there's enough of it on there to have a bad taste. So if my dog is, for example, chewing a chair leg and I spray the chair leg as they're chewing it and the bitter apple kind of drips down and they actually get a taste of it, yeah, they're probably going to stop. But if I spray something, especially a hard surface that doesn't absorb it, it's not going to stay there for very long at all. And even a surface that might absorb it, uh, it's going to stay there as long as it's, it'll be effective as long as it's wet And then once it dries, it really doesn't do too much unless you have a dog who's extremely sensitive to it. So I have worked with dogs that uh, were very, very sensitive to it. Um, But generally speaking, it works when it's wet, not when it's dry. And when they're doing it, you squirt it. And you can even, you know, kind of go around and like put some bitter apple, for instance, on an old shoe and hold the sprayed yucked up shoe to the dog and say, no, you know, this is not for you. Put it down. But as they're chewing it, they have to actually taste it. If I take a shoe and spray it with bitter apple and leave it there for two hours, it's of course, it's not going to do anything unless, again, you have a super sensitive dog. So, and there's other ways you can kind of tweak how you would use bitter apple. But, you know, the point being that most of the time when people say, oh yeah, I use bitter apple. It doesn't work. My dog likes it. Um, it's, they're using it in some kind of way that's not very effective. So when I meet a dog and somebody says, oh, my dog likes bitter apple, I'll take 
the bitter apple bottle and open it up and the, it has this sort of long tubey nozzle which is connected to the poofy spray top and I'll hold the little nozzle so there's like a little drippy piece coming off at the end of the um the part that goes into the bottle and hold it up to their face and you know they have a choice if they want to try it or not puppies stick everything in their mouth and even if they don't like it they'll do it three more times because everything goes in their mouth and they they can't believe it most older dogs will think about it and maybe take a taste but you know they're a little more cautious about it but if I do it like that I'm going to get a better idea of whether or not a dog actually doesn't mind this stuff or not so if I have a dog who really doesn't mind the taste of it they'll lick the end of it and keep licking it and you know I could squirt it you know get it really wet and they'll lick it that rarely happens Okay, so, you know, again, if somebody says, well, I'm doing this or I'm doing that, it's not working. I need to know these details. So I do ask people a lot of questions. Sometimes, uh, you know, I feel like I'm some kind of police interrogator. (laughs) And it's interesting, too, if I'm speaking to a family and I'm asking them, uh, you know, okay, does your dog do this or does your dog do that? When does your dog do this? When does your dog do that? And I'll get completely different stories. I mean, an extreme example of that was I got a call. This was years ago. It wasn't on the air. But um, a woman called me and said that uh, she had some just basic training questions about her Rottweiler, no big deal. And in the background or on the phone, I'm hearing... And I said, uh, okay, it sounds like your dog is chewing the phone, one of the phone extensions. Is your dog chewing a phone extension? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, well, uh, you know, this is kind of annoying. I'm having trouble hearing you. I said, are you afraid to take the phone away from him? Because I'm thinking that would be the logical thing to do, take the phone away from the dog. And she said, well, yes. And I said, okay, well, has your dog ever bitten you before? Oh, no, no, the dog's never bitten me before. And now in the meantime, her husband is on a third extension. And he says, well, what do you mean the dog is never bitten? I didn't know he was on the phone, too. And uh, he said, I've been in the emergency room three times. And uh, the woman who originally called me said, oh, no, he didn't bite you. He just jumped up and his tooth accidentally uh, sunk into your arm. I was like, uh, I think that's probably a dog bite. That sounds to me like a bite. But I mean, if I had just heard, if I had just listened to her, disregarded the crunching noise and not heard from her husband, I would think she had no problems in the world. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of an extreme example, but, you know, things like that pretty much happened to me quite a bit. So that's why I get annoying with uh, asking the questions and, you know, trying to narrow things down. But, um, I think we need to go to a break, and uh, I see that Ron is wanting to uh, have ask me a question, and I will get right back on the air and answer Ron's question. Okay, take care. I'll be right back.
Hello, and welcome back to Pet Talk on WTIC. You're listening to the Behavior Edition with Lori Fass. And we had Ron on hold, but... I don't know what happened. Maybe he got bored of waiting. Maybe he got cut off. I don't know. But if you want to call back, Ron, I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, and if anybody else wants to call, I'm here for the next 15 minutes. And the call-in numbers are 860-522-WTIC. So again, 860-522-WTIC. Or if you want to send me an email or call me off the air, check out my website, laurifassdogtraining.com. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, I have all my group classes that I'm starting in September listed on my website, too, with all the sign-up information on how you can do that. And if you are interested in the groups that I teach in West Hartford or um, in Windsor, and particularly West Hartford, you should sign up early because they do close out. So um, anyway, just shooting that out there for you. Uh, So, um, okay. Let's see. I don't know if that's Ron calling. But anyway, uh, I was talking earlier about how uh, it's very difficult to share information through somebody else. And it's sometimes difficult to share information with people directly because it's so easy to misunderstand. Uh, You know, this is something I've done for years. I think I'm pretty good at it. And so a lot of this comes naturally to me. And a lot of times I find myself repeating things. And I remember my son once saying to me, how can you, how are you comfortable repeating the same things over and over again? And I said, I just remind myself of how hard it is for me to do other things. And there's a plenty of things I am not good at. And if somebody's teaching me that, I, I just realize what it's like to learn something that I'm not good at. And keep that in mind when I'm teaching somebody else. Okay, here we have Ron. Hi, Ron. Hi, Laurie. Yes, I uh, called you about, oh, geez, must have been six months, ten months ago. I don't know. Okay. Uh, about our little uh, Maltese that nips. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, she... Uh, you, 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 if you're, if she's doing something or you don't want to go near her, uh, cause you, you go to pick her up or something and she'll, you know, okay. uh, and she's like that all the time. Uh, if she's near my wife and I gotta come near her, uh, she'll growl. And then if I get a little closer, she'll growl at my foot, you know, okay. uh, she's just a hyper kind of, that way it's just but you know you you told me what to do okay and uh, how many people told me i don't know how many different things <laughs> well how to yeah, do this put a leash on her holder holler at her you know you told me she's 12 years old she's been there and been that way we've been living with her for 12 years we know how to go around that and just don't let it bother you. Just let it go. <laughs> well, sometimes you pick your battles, you know. <laughs> yeah, and the, our mind is at ease now because it's the way she is. And Well, there are plenty of things that dogs do. Like, for instance, recently somebody uh, said that uh, they have a, a breed that's kind of unusual. It's a Great Pyrenees mixed with an Anatolian Shepherd, and uh-huh. so it's a large guarding breed dog, which tend to be very independent thinking, and and they're sometimes a little hard to manage. Well, the problem was that 
this dog was going upstairs and then going to sleep on the bed, which didn't bother anybody. But it was a couple, and the husband was trying, who wakes up very early, was trying to get the dog to wake up and go outside, and the dog didn't want to go. And the dog oh. was growling, and it was a big problem. Oh, and I, I did that too. Yes. And I said, well, does she have to go out? And no, she didn't have to go out. I said, so why can't she just wait to go out until, yeah. you know, the wife wakes up yeah. and then take her yeah. out? Yeah. Because we're trying yeah. to get her to go. I mean, I said, imagine if I woke you up early and you didn't have to go to the bathroom and I poked you and said, get up out of bed. It's time to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And you don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. I, I've learned to, we do just the way we've been doing and don't let that bother us. And oh. if I have to do something, and I'll tell my wife, you do it because she won't bother her. Yeah. I'll say, you do it instead of me. And it works fine. And we, we don't have to go crazy trying to uh, straighten this little dog out. Well, if she's not, you know, if you can work around something and it's okay with you, then it's not even worth fighting about. There's yeah, some things that you really do, you know, that it it gets out of control and you really do have to do something about it. But well, like I said, yeah. you pick your battles. Like this dog yeah. that didn't want to wake up early in the morning. So right. what? Don't and wake if, her up. If, Let her sleep. Right. <laughs> There's your <laughs> with this for 12 years it's uh, it's not going to change <laughs> well you know could you change it well maybe but how much work would be involved is it yeah. worth it is the dog you know really hurting anybody is it you right. know so there's a lot of things that you know well, honestly uh, you know it's just not worth worrying about there are right. things that you're are right. worth worrying about and things that aren't worth worrying about so that's right no you're right you're right. Absolutely right. And it, it works out a lot better. Thank I feel like the doctor much. you go to and you say, doctor, it hurts when I do this. And the doctor says, yeah, okay, well, don't do that then. <laughs> I was like, okay. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Ron. Okay. Okay. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. So anyway, I mean, that's, that is, I, I have to say, that's not typically my advice to say if a dog has a problem to ignore it, but you really do have to decide, you know, what is worth it to you to fix. Um, a lot of people will tell me <clears throat> they want their dog to do this and they want their dog to not do that. And <clears throat> they have this big long list of things that they think that their dog should and shouldn't be doing. And I'll explain to them, okay, well, you know, if, if you really want that, this is what's going to be involved in, uh, in in making it happen. And it's usually a lot more involved than people want to do. Now, that having been said, I have worked with people who have dogs that are very difficult and just difficult to manage, um, difficult problems, and they really want to get the situation under control. They really want their dog to listen very well under all sorts of distractions. Um, and they're willing to put the time and the work in. So, you know, I can tell people what to do, but I cannot, you know, make you go through all of the hoops and ladders and everything else that might be necessary to make it happen. And to be honest with you, I pick the bat, I pick battles with my own dogs. I don't, you know, there are certain basic things that I expect. I expect good leash manners. So if I'm walking you on a leash, I don't want you pulling me. I don't want you acting like a nut. Uh, I want you to walk in a mannerly fashion. Uh, if I say stop, 
you have to stop whatever it is I told you to stop, whether it's barking or running around or being a goon, whatever. You have to stop. Uh, so that's usually a no. You have to stop whatever it is. And that is something that I, you know, hold pretty high on my list. Uh, I have I expect my dogs to drop things if they have something in their mouth. They have to drop it. Uh, I use a go command quite a bit, <laughs> which, you know, if if. My dog thinks that they're just not getting enough attention right now, which, you know, I have four dogs and they get a lot of attention, but sometimes it kind of goes above and beyond. But uh, a go command is a great command if your dog is just being annoying and just wants to continue to play ball or wants you to continue to pet them or, you know, just staring at you for whatever reason, even if you're like giving them a treat, because I will, you know, I'll, I'll give my dogs treats. And then they think, well, I want more. No, go. Now you have to go. You have to move away. So I expect them to do that. So, you know, I mean, I have certain things that I expect. Uh, but um, my youngest dog, who is a mini Aussie, he's going to be three in October. He makes a lot of noise. He likes to, especially if he thinks there's a Frisbee involved. I'll, you know, I can get him to be quiet, but a lot of it I ignore. And when he's playing Frisbee, he sounds like he's crazy. And as a matter of fact, I think I might have shared this on the air before. Since he likes to act like he's crazy with this noise, I cued it on a command, which if I ask him, what are you, crazy? Then he'll start going, ah, blah, 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 and start acting all nutty, which um, I've used to uh, be a distraction when I'm working with other people's pets. <laughs> I had one person say to me, oh, I don't want to train my dog to do that. Well, if your dog doesn't already do something like that, good luck training them to do it. So most tricks and things that you get your dog to do are things that your dog would kind of like to do anyway. It's very difficult to get a dog to do something that they just they, does not resonate with them at all. So for example, you know, I said he likes to play Frisbee. Um, if your dog doesn't like to play Frisbee, they're not going to play it. You know, maybe they might go fetch it. They're not going to jump. You're not going to good luck training them to jump and catch it if they don't want to do that because it takes a lot of focus and um, athleticism and, and desire to want to do it. And that's kind of true with a lot of things. So, you know, like I said, um, there's certain things that I'll ignore. Uh, one of the things that I sometimes ignore, not always, is growling. Um, some dogs are big growlers and Rottweilers tend to be big growlers. And that doesn't always mean the next thing I'm going to do is bite you. Uh, but, you know, they they complain. You're cutting their nails. You're rubbing their feet. You know, you're combing them. My biggest dog is, has part Rottweiler. And my mini Aussie, the one that goes crazy with the Frisbee, loves to lick him in the face. And my mini Aussie's named Arrow, and um, my biggest dog is named Herman, and he's kind of fluffy. He has quite a few different things mixed in there. So Arrow goes and licks Herman in the face, and you'd think Herman was going to take his face off because he's, ah, get away from me, you stupid little kid. Get out of here. But he's not. He's just complaining, and I ignore it. I don't reprimand him because I know he's just talking. So, you know, I mean, like I said, you got to pick your battles. You got to know what, when to hold them, <laughs> when to fold them. All right, so we've got John. Let's see. Hi, John. Hi, Lori. What's up? Oh, we have a great Pyrenees. Uh -huh. uh, we've had her for about two years. Okay. Rescue. And I would just wanted to know, uh, I know they're very independent dogs. Yeah. And are they, can you train them? Sure. I mean, 
I mean, when you say train, people mean different things when they say train. So when you say train, what do you mean by train? I mean, like, for, for instance, when we walk her, uh-huh. she loves to go for a walk, but everybody that she sees, she thinks that they want to greet her and pet her. Oh, and she's pulling. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Oh, yeah. Way, we can but, train her to know. walk nicely on a leash. Sure. Yeah, that's not that's yeah. not that hard to do. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, like I'm trying to change. I don't know if you heard me talk about me my home improvement project. But so if yeah, you, I did. If, I've been listening. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't know how to do it, anything is hard. When you know how to do it, it becomes a lot easier. So walking in a mannerly fashion is certainly a doable thing. Um, it's something that that would be an example of something I'd probably have to show you. So you know, if you would want, I'm noticing i'm talking fast because the show is almost over here but did you get my contact information through my website okay yeah so send me an email or if you want to talk a little more detailed i'd be happy to describe a little bit more specifically what would be involved but yeah that's that is not an overly ambitious goal to get her to walk in a mannerly fashion certainly not okay okay (laughs) all right very good all right well good i hope to hear from you all right well thank you so much okay john take care All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for the show for today. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned next week when I'm going to have Liz Bennett as my guest. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 